0: Figured, uh, sing as many as you want to, I'm not changing what I'm preaching, so it didn't, didn't bother me any. Uh, if you would, grab your Bibles, turn over to the book of John, John chapter 21. If you would, the book of John, John chapter 21, last chapter in the Gospel of John. And so for just uh, just a little context here before we start reading, of course, uh, John chapter 19 is the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus Christ and the death that he makes for all of mankind. In John chapter 20, you have the resurrection of our Savior, uh, and up from the grave he arose and he shows himself to the disciples in the upper room, of course, and then Thomas was not with them, and so the Lord shows back up and shows himself to Thomas. Uh, and lets him know that he is risen, that he's alive, and he's there. And then you get into chapter 21. And in chapter 21, it starts off in verse number 1, and he says, After these things Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And on this wise showed he himself. There were together Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus, and Nathanael of Cana in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and two other of his disciples, Simon Peter, saith unto them, I go a-fishing. They say unto him, We go. We also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. I'm going to stop right there for the moment. And... Uh, Uh, Just talk about uh, this passage here. Uh, You realize that uh, the disciples are are together, and a few of them decide that they're going to go on a fishing trip. They're going to take a little trip, they're going to go fishing, and people would say, well, you know, what's the big deal? It's just a little fishing trip. Uh, Well, the big deal is that they don't catch anything. Uh, These guys are commercial fishermen. That's what they had done for years. Now, maybe they're a little rusty after three and a half years of being with the Lord, but I highly doubt they're that rusty, that they're going to catch zero. (laughs) Uh, So there's obviously a problem, and there's also many problems throughout the passage, which we'll get to, Uh, but it's obvious that these guys have made a decision. They made the decision that they're not going to stay and be where the Lord wants them to be. They're not going to wait for him uh, to do anything different. They're not going to wait for him uh, to continue with the orders. He's already given them orders, but they don't want to listen. Realize he gave them orders in chapter 20. He gave them the Holy Ghost. He breathed on them the Holy Ghost and told him to go ahead and remit sins. And he already told them. He gave them some orders. They just don't like the orders. And instead of doing that, Peter gets it in his mind that hey, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna go fishing. And he doesn't do it by himself. Instead, Peter goes ahead and he takes Thomas with him. He takes Nathaniel. He takes James and John, the sons of Zebedee there. And he takes two other unnamed disciples that show up and go with him. So you got seven guys. And these seven men get in a boat, and they go out fishing that night. And what is amazing to me about the list of men that are right here These aren't the men you necessarily would think would do something like that. I mean, you've got Peter, who makes in John chapter 6 one of the greatest declarations of who the Lord Jesus Christ is. You get to John chapter 6, right? And he's talking, and the Lord says, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they say, well, you know, some say you're John the Baptist, risen from the dead. Some people say you're Elias. Some people say you're this. Some people say you're one of the prophets. And he says, okay, but who do you guys say that I am? And Peter's the first one to speak up. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, and we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ. That same guy, his answer is, I'm going fishing. Thomas, just one chapter earlier, my Lord and my God. My Lord and my God, and then he says, okay, I'm going fishing. Peter That's a pretty good idea, I'm going to go fishing. Nathaniel is the next on the list. You get back to John chapter one. He's the one who's right, who makes the first statement that he's the Christ. Nathaniel, you're really you're going with those these. Yeah, I'm going fishing too. Surely James and John, the sons of Zebedee. I mean, two of the greatest. I mean, they're the ones looking to sit at his right hand and on his left hand when he comes into his kingdom. I mean, these guys, these guys are ready to call fire down from heaven, burn everybody up. These guys are, I mean, they're so intense. I mean, John chapter 1 tells you he knows who Jesus is. Uh, This is the disciple whom Jesus loved as John. His brother James makes the great statement in Acts chapter 15 and proclaims that the children of the Gentiles become part of the, I mean, you start looking at what he makes. And the decisions these men make. And, they, and you'd go, surely not these guys would go fishing and walk away from God. You know what I think they thought? That's just a fishing trip. Tonight I'm going to preach on just a fishing trip. And let's see what the Bible says here in John chapter 21 tonight. Father, I thank you for the night. I thank you for bringing us all in tonight. I pray that you'd help us to get what we need from the Word of God. Lord, help us to guard our hearts and have our thoughts and our intents be right upon you tonight, especially as we listen to the Word of God and as we look at it and as we try and learn some things and see some things or be reminded of some things. I pray you'd help us to have the wisdom we need as we come to a book that is obviously more wise and more instructive than we ever could imagine. So, Father, I pray you'd help us to see what we need to see tonight. Give me wisdom as I preach. Fill me. Help me to say only the words you once said, nothing more and nothing less. And Father, we pray that Jesus Christ would draw each and every one of us a little closer to him tonight. We pray if someone has come in tonight without the Savior, they wouldn't leave that way. They'd call upon Jesus Christ alone. But Father, if everybody in here is saved, Father, I pray their relationship with you would be good and it would stay good. We pray you would bless our night, come back soon in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. First thing I want you to see... Uh, you know, if you decide you're going to go fishing, you know, you know what that is? That's just, a, that's just a, you know, it's a little thing. It doesn't seem like it's a wicked thing. I wouldn't say going fishing is wicked, right? I mean, going fishing, some of you fish. Uh, some, some of you are good. You like it. You enjoy it. I wouldn't say that's wicked. Uh, you know, I enjoy baseball. I like watching the Yankees play. I, you know, they're my team. I know they lost last night. Anyways, um, You know, I but I enjoy I enjoy baseball. I enjoy playing it. I enjoy watching it. Uh, You say is that wicked? I don't think it's wicked. I don't think it's wicked. Uh, You go ahead and, and you say, well, you know, I enjoy I enjoy certain things. Some of you just you just enjoy certain pastimes, certain things to relax. The Lord wants us to gave us all things richly to enjoy. Right? I mean, there are things that are pleasurable that are not necessarily godly necessarily that way Uh, but they're also they're not wicked it's not like you're out there you know doing something terrible Uh, fishing is one of those things it's not something terrible it's not something bad it's nothing good or bad at that particular moment but their timing and their choice becomes the issue right here their timing and their choice is that God has given them something else to do and they have decided to go fishing you look back at chapter 20 and verse number uh, 22, 23, he tells them what to do. He breathes on them the Holy Ghost, receive you the Holy Ghost, right? Whoso, whosoever sins you remit, they are remitted unto them, and whosoever sins you retain, they are retained. He leaves. Thomas doesn't want to believe that he came. And so, of course, uh, he shows himself again and goes ahead and, and gives it to him. and more blessed are they that are, have seen and believe not or have not seen and yet believe, right? Those kind of things. But the truth is, you know what he was doing? He was saying, hey, we've got some things to do. They know that there's some things to do. But they've decided to do their own thing instead of what they were told to do. There's the problem. Now, I don't care what you like to do. I don't care if it's fishing. I don't care if it's sports. I don't care if it's, you know, I don't care if it's knitting, all right? It makes no difference to me. Whatever you like to do. But whatever it is you like to do, if the Lord told you to do something else, you know what you've done? You've now done the wrong thing. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter what you use your time for. Whether it's sin or whether it's just your own selfish whatever you wanted to do. Well, As soon as you decide, I'm going fishing, instead of doing, it, doing what God wanted you to do at that moment, you know where you are? You're out. You're not in the will of God. You're not doing what you were supposed to do instead you're doing what you want to do and the disciples right here you know what they decided Uh, peter stands up he says hey i'm going fishing fellas Uh, this flies in the face of what god told him to do ultimately you know what he told him all the way back there at the beginning when he first called him he already said hey peter hey simon follow me and i'll make you fishers of men you know what he was supposed to do he was supposed to quit fishing for fish Say, well, the Lord used that, didn't he? Yeah, he used it for him to go. He went and he caught a fish and he pulled the tax money out, right? The tribute money and he gave it and he did what he was supposed to do. He didn't eliminate that talent from from Peter. Peter could use that. But you know what he's saying right here? I'm gonna do my own thing right here. I'm gonna do it. When you decide you're gonna do that, you know what you'll end up with? You'll end up with a whole lot of problems. First thing I want you to see is, in verse number three, he ends the verse and he says, they went forth and entered into the ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. You'll catch nothing. You'll do a whole lot of catching of nothing if you want to go ahead and go on your own fishing trip. Say, what does that mean? Uh, That means you're not going to catch the souls of men. You know what Peter was doing? He was fishing for the wrong things. He was fishing to get the wrong things. You know what we do? We get so caught up in the temporal, we fish for the wrong things. We lose sight of the eternal, so you know what we don't do? We don't try to win souls. We don't try to convince them. We don't try to be a witness and a testimony. We don't do what He told us we were supposed to do. Instead, I'm going fishing. Okay? You've gone fishing. And you know what you'll miss? You'll miss out on souls because you're fishing for the wrong thing. You're fishing for the wrong thing so you get no souls. You know what you're doing? You're working for the wrong thing so you'll get no reward. Oh, there's the problem. Right? You get to Corinthians and it's uh, the other foundation can no man lay than that is laid which is Jesus Christ. And if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, for it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. And if any man's works shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, yet he himself shall be saved. If any man's works abide, he shall receive a reward. Oh, for what? For the things done in the body after the Lord saved you. He goes, hey, I'm going fishing. Okay, well, you're not getting rewarded for going fishing. You want to do what you want to do, you know what you won't get? You won't get any reward for it. There's No reward in any of that. There's no reward in going and doing what you want to do instead of what the master told you to do. There's no reward in just going, well, you know, yeah, but it's not wicked. I know it's not, except you're not doing what you were told. Now we've got a problem. And you won't get a reward for that. You won't get a reward for wasting time. You won't get a reward for doing any of those. You know what else you won't get? Uh, You won't get a crown because you're not faithful to the right things. You got faithful to the wrong... Be thou faithful unto death and he will give thee a crown of life. You know know what we do? Uh, We get unfaithful. We put our affections and our desires and our wants and our will and our way and we put that there and we go, you know what, I'm going fishing. And the Lord says, okay, well no crown for that, no treasure for that, no reward for that, oh here I am, well yeah but I really like doing this, or says yeah you can do that later, how about you do what I told you to do now, it's amazing to me how many times I and you and we put off what we're supposed to do for him for the things we want to do today. We just go, well, I mean, it's okay. It's nothing bad. I'm not hurting anybody. Except you're hurting yourself. And you're hurting your Savior. And you're making the choice. You know what you're losing? You're losing out on all those pieces. And the longer you stay in that boat and the longer you stay on that trip, you know what you're doing? You're just wasting time. You're wasting what he asked you to do, and instead you're doing whatever it is you wanted to. This doesn't sound like a nice message. I don't like it either. You're fishing for the wrong things. You're working for the wrong things. You're faithful to the wrong things. And on top of that, you're living for the wrong things. So you know what you'll get? No inheritance. You're not building up an inheritance doing that. Doesn't he give a good inheritance? We're part of his inheritance. If we got saved, right? We're, we talked about it. We're his sons. We were just singing about it, right? His spirit, right? Crying, Abba, Father. He's our Father. We're supposed to get an inheritance. You know, we're not doing. We go on a fishing trip. You know what we're doing? We're not. We're not gaining more of the inheritance. You know, an inheritance. You think about that. Uh, the inheritance is supposed to go to somebody who was chosen to get it. And usually it's chosen because of the relationship you have with the one who passed away. Right? Okay, well, instead I'm going to go over there and I'm going to do all these things. Well, then your relationship's not very good over here. Is it? So then why would he reward you with an inheritance? Incorruptible and undefiled. Reserved in heaven for you. When you're not laying up treasures there. Instead, you're going ahead and doing whatever it is you want Well, yeah, but it's not that bad. Yeah, but it's still a fishing trip. And it's a fishing trip that you didn't need to go on. And it's the choice you made instead of doing what he told you to do. And the Lord shows up in verse number four, doesn't he? First thing we see is you're going to catch nothing. And then the second thing we see, look at verse number four. He says, but when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore. But the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus saith unto them, Children, have ye any meat? They answered him, No. (laughs) I think Peter probably had a little bit of disdain when he had to say no to that statement. Hey, you guys caught anything? No. And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. Who well, who's this guy I think he is telling me how to fish? I did this for years. Yeah, you enjoying yourself out there, Peter? You having, a, you having yourself a good time doing what you wanted to do? Okay, all right. They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter, It is the Lord. <laughs> oh. Now when Simon Peter heard that, it was the Lord, he girded He girt his fisher's coat onto him. Why? For he was naked and did cast himself into the sea. Uh, You realize that not only will you catch nothing, you'll also be caught naked. Peter got caught. He got caught badly. The Lord says that he's naked. And so he's got to put the, the fisher's coat back on. Uh, you realize that uh, white raiment throughout the scriptures, especially once you get into the New Testament, you find in Revelation that white raiment is the righteousness of the saints. <laughs> Revelation chapter 3, the church at Laodicea, what does he tell them? Well, you're, you think you're rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. And then he says, but I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire that thou mayest be rich. And white raiment that thou mayest be clothed, that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear. And what's their problem? Their problem is they're naked because they're not living right. They're not doing right. They don't have white raiment because they're not living right and they're not doing it right, and so they don't have any righteousness. Oh, they've got the righteousness of God because they have eternal life. They trusted Jesus Christ as their Savior. They're following Him. They're doing what they're supposed to do according to that part. But you know what? There's no personal righteousness. Too many people, you know what they do? They confuse the temporal with the eternal. They go, well, I'm covered for all of eternity because I've got the righteousness of God forever. You're right. Eternally, that's what you've got. But in this life... Why does he tell you to do the right thing all the time? Why do, why do you have to bother confessing your sins because he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness? Why is it that you need a personal fellowship with him that is clean and if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear Why is it that the Lord piles all that on about the idea of being righteous and being holy because he's holy if it doesn't really matter? See, because it does matter. Yes, eternally you're secure. If you've trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you've got the righteousness of God for all of eternity, and your eternal standing with God is complete. But today, you know what we have? We have a choice whether we're going on a fishing trip or whether we're just going to actually do what he told us to do. And when we keep choosing that fishing trip, you know what we're telling him? We're telling him, I don't care about doing the right thing. I care about doing what I want. We keep choosing to go to the boat and go ahead and drop the net and go ahead and do whatever it is. And you know what we'll get? We'll get found naked. That's what we'll find. We won't have, we won't have white raiment. We won't, we won't have the righteousness that we need. We won't be ready. We won't be standing in front of him. And in fact, we won't be ready to hear a trumpet sound because you're not listening for one. Could you imagine if he figured out that a trumpet could sound today? You ever realize when you're not doing the right thing, you're, you don't really think about the Lord coming? Why is it that we can constantly figure, you know, he's going to be a little longer so I can mess this all up right now. <laughs> but when we're conscious that he could come at any moment, you know what we have? We have a little more urgency to do what he told us to do. Now, I'm not one for the idea of scare tactics to get you to do the right thing, but if that's what it takes for you to do the right thing, that's a pretty, that'll work. (laughs) I'm going to get to it later, but in Ecclesiastes, his statement is fear God and keep his commandments. What causes you to keep his commandments? Sometimes fear does. Fear's Fear's a good motivator. The devil's figured that out. The Lord had it figured out before he did. Sadly, the Christian can't figure out it's okay to be afraid of God. (laughs) If that's the only thing that will keep you straight and the only thing that will keep you from going on a fishing trip, then take that. Because one day a trumpet will sound. But you're not righteous and you're not listening for one. And so you're not serving Him. So then you're not ready to see Him. You're not ready to see Him face to face. Oh, I'd love to see him today. Would you? Would that really be all right with you? Or do you think, "Mm, I hadn't really been doing so well. Maybe if he could wait another couple days, I could get this turned around and do something. You're not righteous, you're not listening, you're not serving, and you're not seeing. Peter doesn't even recognize that's the Lord. In fact, none of the guys do. He hollers out to him, hey, have you any meat? They don't recognize the voice. Well, well, it's, di- it's different because he resurrected. He was in the same room with them twice. He was already in the same room with them twice, speaking to them, telling them what he needed. Hey, what's the problem? It's not on his end. It's not on his end. They weren't ready to see him. They didn't want to see him. They didn't want to recognize him. You know, when you start taking fishing trips, you know what you'll do? You'll not want to recognize him. You won't want to recognize his voice. You won't want to recognize his image. You you don't want to see him. Because if you see him, then he's going to do exactly what Peter had. He was ashamed because he was naked. You'll get found out. You don't want to see him when you're on a fishing trip. You'd much rather he stays over there and just, it's okay. You can just, I'm just going to do my thing for a little while. And when I get back, I'll get it right. hmm. That's how most Christians live. I'll get it right when it's convenient for me to get it right. I'll, I'll get it taken care of when I want it taken care of. Because I can go on the trip. And then I can come back and get it fixed. And then I can go on my trip whenever I feel like it again. That's not the way he wanted us to be. That's not the way he wanted Peter to be. That's certainly not the way he wanted John to be. His title is the disciple whom Jesus loved. You know, John's the first one to recognize who he was. John goes, hey, Peter, we're in trouble. Hey, hey Peter, it is the Lord. Peter still hadn't recognized it. But John did. John's going, we're in trouble now, guys. He showed up, and we aren't doing what we're supposed to do. Could you imagine if a trumpet sounded and you weren't doing what you're supposed to do? Imagine the Lord showed up and you weren't doing what you were supposed to do. We went down went down to PBI, went down to school, and we had guys in school, you know what they said? They said, oh, Lord's coming back too quick, I can't waste time here in school, I'm going to go and do something. You know what I said? Why are you wasting it? did he tell you to come here? Okay, well, then you're where you're supposed to be. And to go off to try to do something, you could do something while you're here. You don't have to go do something somewhere else. You could do something while you're in school. We all did. Hopefully, most of us, I think, did. We were trying. We were trying to do something for him while we were trying to learn all that. Uh, the Lord told you to go there and learn, didn't he? Well, then why would you leave that spot to go do what you want to do? See, there it is. Well, I don't want to waste time just sitting here learning. From, it's because you don't want to learn anything. You want to go and do your thing. Okay, go ahead, do your thing. They're more worried about the trumpet sounded and looking good to themselves rather than looking good to their Savior. John looks over and says, hey, Peter, it's the Lord. <laughs> Peter goes, oh, man, I'm, I'm caught caught. He got me. Kind of like David standing there, right? And Nathan comes in. Nathan the prophet comes walking in. You know, he's pacing around for a few minutes probably. And David says, Nathan, what's wrong? He says, well, I got to tell you about this thing right here. (laughs) And there's this rich man and he had all, these, all this cattle and all these sheep and everything else. There's this poor guy over here, and he only had one little lamb, and his, it was basically part of the family over there, you know. And uh, this stranger comes walking in, and he comes in, and he stops by the rich man, and the rich man needs to feed him some food. So he goes ahead, and he goes down. Instead of killing one of his, he goes and takes that poor guy's one and only lamb and slays it. And when he slays it, he kills it, and he goes ahead and feeds that guy. And uh, what do you think we ought to do about it? David goes, that guy's going to die. He's going to pay four sheep for a sheep. And we're I we, go get this guy. Let's get him. <laughs> and Nathan turns around and goes, thou art the man. And David goes, yep, got me. I'm caught. You know what Peter says? I'm caught. He got me. I'm not where I was supposed to be. I'm out of position. I'm doing things my way. I don't know how the Lord's going to provide for me in this weird new life, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to provide for myself. I'm going to go fishing. Hey, I, I don't know what I, I'm going to go do this. Okay. There he is. And you know what the Lord's doing? The Lord's going, hey, I'm showing up when I know you're not doing what you're supposed to do. And here's, here he is, and Peter says, oh, I, I'm caught. He puts his coat on, and away he goes. And it comes down, and of course you have Jesus here. Uh, Verse number 8, And the other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from land, but as it were two hundred cubits, dragging the net with fishes. And as soon as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid thereon, and bread. And Jesus saith unto them, Bring bring of the fish which ye have now caught. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land, full of great fishes, and a hundred and fifty and three. And for all there were so many, yet was not the net broken. Jesus saith unto them, Come and dine. And none of the disciples durst ask him, Who art thou? Knowing that it was the Lord. They got caught. Now why, do, why did didn't anybody want to ask him? Because they're ashamed they got caught. If you can't see that in the passage, I don't know how you don't. They're going, I'm not asking him. I know it's the Lord. I'm not asking him. I'm not talking to I don't know. It's kind of like the, the mighty men, and Shema, he stands in the midst of the ground. Everybody else runs away, and he's still standing there, and he's in that lentil field, and he goes ahead and kills all those Philistines that come up, and they're sitting down at the fire that night, and all the soldiers that ran away are coming back, getting the spoil of what Shema had done all by himself with the Lord, and they're sitting down, and you guarantee you, all those guys are sitting around that fire, and they're all looking down. Now one person's looking to shame, shame is over there, and he's he's fine, you know he's just sitting there, everything's great for him, everybody else looking down, ashamed of themselves for running away and leaving that man by himself and these seven guys, you know what they are, they're sitting there and they're looking and they're looking around at each other, going, anybody going to talk <laughs> I'm not going first I'm tell you that I'm not breaking the this is awkward i'm not i just uh uh The Lord says, all right, I'll break the silence. (laughs) I'll break the silence. Jesus tells him, come and dine. Nobody wants to ask him. He says in verse number, uh, number 15, So when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, feed my lambs. He saith to him again the second time Simon son of Jonas lovest thou me. He saith unto him yea Lord thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him feed my sheep. He saith unto him the third time Simon son of Jonas lovest thou me. Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time lovest thou me. And he said unto him Lord thou knowest all things thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him feed my sheep. Not only will you catch nothing and not only will you get caught naked, you'll have to confess your love if you want it right. When you realize you're on that fishing trip and you, you're going your direction and you're just, you know, well, it's just a little, okay, well, then you're going to have to confess what you love the most. See, because the problem wasn't the fishing trip. The problem was you loved the fishing trip more than you loved your Savior. Say, so what does He love more? I don't know. Maybe the Lord's looking around. He says, "Hey, love us selling me more than these all the waters out there." I mean, He's a fisherman, right? A uh, bunch of us grew up up here on Lake Ontario. I mean, we we like the water. Kind of weird. I went to when I went to Florida. It was kind of weird because up here the water is always north, right? I mean, we just think of Lake Ontario water north. You go to Pensacola, Florida, water south. In case you're wondering, I got so turned around in my head half the time when I was down there at first, going to a job site. They're like, oh yeah, 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 just uh, just head north and okay. And I go to turn and I turn south instead of north because I'm thinking water, and then I go, wait a minute, I'm going the wrong way. I gotta turn around. <laughs> I got all confused. Uh, right. We just I love the water though. I love being on it. We love we love looking at it, we love seeing it, we love seeing all that stuff. Lovest thou me more than the water? All those things. Hey, Peter, you love me more than that boat you were on? Peter, you love me more than the men you were with? Good time you were having with your buddies? You love me more than that? Peter, you love me more than those nets that you were dropping in the water and doing your thing? Hey, Peter, you love me more than the 153 fish I let you catch just now? you love me more than that pile of dead fish? What do you love more than the Lord? Because that's the problem. The problem isn't the thing. The problem is that you love it more than him. The problem is he doesn't have the preeminence. The problem we have is we fall in love with so many things we should never love. And we run to those things instead of running to Him. We love the ideas of all these other things, and we don't love Him. What's the problem? The problem is thou hast left thy first love. (laughs) The problem is they honor me with their lips and they praise me with their mouth, but their hearts are far from me. Our problem isn't that we, we don't have good things to enjoy and it's not that we don't have a good time doing certain things. The problem is we let those things get in the way of, of what God asked us to do and so in doing so, we find out that we love them more than we love Him. Take now thy son, thy only son Isaac, whom thou lovest. And get thee to one of the mountains that I will tell thee of and sacrifice him. Put him down. He stops him. Why? Now I know that you love me. I know that you love me. It wasn't a question of whether he would sacrifice Isaac. It was a question of what does he love? Does he love me or does he love Isaac? The first test in the garden? Does Adam love me or does he love Eve? Who's he going to love more? Is he going to live with me or is he going to die with her? What's it going to be? For you, you know what our problem is? Our love is so fickle sometimes. We want what we want. And the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and the two are contrary the one to the other, so you cannot do the things that you would. And you start going on a fishing trip, and you go, oh, I don't want to do that. Lord, I love you. I love you. I'm not going to do that. We're not going over there. But, you know, I mean, (laughs) that's why Paul goes, I die daily. Why? Because our affections are often turned all over the place. That's why he says, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. That's why he reminds us that our heart is the problem, and it's deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Over and over again, he reminds us that our heart and our emotions is deceptive and it wants to deceive us and it wants us to pull away. Our flesh wants us to pull away from him and go our way and choose our path and have our things. And we do it so often and so regularly, the Lord goes, I'm right here. Do you actually even love me? Do you love me? You know I love you. Okay, well then do what I told you to do. Do you love me? You know that I love you. Then do what I told you to do. <laughs> do you love me? Lord, <laughs> you're killing me here. I know. I, yeah, but you still haven't done what I told you to do, Peter. Do what I told you to do. Prove your love. If you love me, keep my commandments. It is not a question of whether or not the things we do are terrible. It is the question of whether or not the things that we do are what he asked us to do. There are certain things in your life maybe the Lord's going to take out of your life, not because he's being mean and terrible and not because it is wicked, but instead he knows that you will fall in love with that more than you'll love him and he'll ask you to give it to him. There are certain things in our lives we have to let Him have so that we don't have it pull us on another fishing trip. Well, yeah, but it's just a fishing trip. Yeah, but if you want your relationship good with Him, you know what you'll need? You'll need to eliminate some of the things that will pull you onto a fishing trip. Our affections are too busy being here on this earth instead of set on above. We're supposed to set our affection on things above and not on things on the earth. Because God wants to do what he does to Peter here in verse number 18. He says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, When thou wast young, thou girdest thyself and walkest whither thou wouldest. When thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. This spake he, signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he saith unto him, Follow me. You'll catch nothing when you take that trip. You'll get caught naked. If you want it right, you'll confess your love. And in doing so, you know what you'll be able to do? You'll be able to be called into service again. He'll let you do some things again. Why is it, why should the Lord use dirty vessels? Why do we feel like he should just automatically use tainted things? Isn't that why he wanted us to be holy? Isn't that why he wants to purge us of our old sins? Isn't that why he wants to wash us in the blood of the Lamb? Isn't that why he wants to cleanse us through the washing of the Word? Isn't that what He says a lot about being clean. So what's that all about? That's because he likes to use clean things just like you do. People don't want to put dirty clothes on. They don't want a dirty fork when they go to have dinner. They don't want a dirty glass when they show up at a restaurant. They don't want dirty things. And then we go, well, Lord, just got to take me how I am. Not if you want to serve him. Yeah, but mankind's dirty. Yeah, so clean it up. Ask him to wash you and try. <laughs> and actually do some things. Try to stay in love with him. Try to keep your focus on him. Try to stay with him. And when, as soon as you start seeing you're on a fishing trip, go back and get your love back in order. Go back and say, Lord, I love you. I'm sorry. I messed that up. Lord, I'm sorry. I failed you. I need you again. Lord, I know that I tainted it. I know I messed it up, but you can wash me again. Wash me with hyssop and make me clean, and I shall be whiter than snow. Hey, Lord, I know the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. He'll cleanse me, and I can go ahead, and I can come back, and I can get it right. And We can get it right over and over again. Why don't we try to limit some of our fishing trips and doing what we want to do and doing it our way and having things in our perspective instead of in his. He tells us over and over again, you may not like what he asks him to do. Here, I don't know if I'd like what he told Peter. They're going to gird you. They're going to take you where you wouldn't go, where you don't want to go. and They're going to lead you and you're, and you're going to die for me, Peter. It may be something you don't want. But what an honor it would be to serve him. What an honor it is to serve our Savior. Realize if you and I just do what we are told, in Luke 17 we're called unprofitable servants and we have done only that which is our duty to do. Just what he asked of us. We still hadn't turned a prophet. You know what he tells us in Ecclesiastes? I already mentioned this. Fear God. Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. Say, well, why should I do that? For God shall bring every idle work into judgment. What do you want to do? Say, what's idle work? I can't think of anything more like idle work than a fishing trip. Say, what do you do on a fishing trip? Sit around and dunk a, dunk a line in. And that idle work, just sitting there? I mean, that's not a lot. Oh, no, we cast again. And then we'll. Not doing a whole lot, are we? Fishing trip's supposed to be relaxing. Even a commercial fishing trip, I don't know if that's relaxing, but you think just for a little bit, you know, you know what you want to do? Well, I just want I just want my time. Okay. You can have it your way. That's the society we're in today, isn't it? Just have it your way. Whatever you like, whatever you think. But it's just going to be another fishing trip and it'll be a waste. It'll be a waste for all of eternity. Tonight, why don't we think about this? Why don't we think about going ahead and just saying, Lord, I'm sorry, (laughs) I take too many fishing trips. Help me to see when I'm going on a fishing trip instead of just taking some time to relax a little. Lord's all for it, right? He told the disciples, come apart and rest a while, all right? I'm not against taking a break. I'm not against enjoying some things. But you and I both know when we're wasting the time. We know when we start crossing those lines and we go into our own thing and doing our own way and doing all these and we're putting off what he asked us to do. I guarantee we've all been there. Maybe tonight we just go, Lord, help me to recognize it quick so I don't keep doing it. Lord, maybe there's something in my life I need to get out so that I don't take as many fishing trips. So I'm not as distracted from what you want me to do. I don't know. Maybe tonight you say, I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't know Jesus Christ as my Savior. I'm not a disciple. I'm not a follower. The Bible says you can know for sure that your sins are forgiven forever. You can have the righteousness of God. That Jesus Christ died for your sins according to the Scriptures. He was buried. He rose again the third day. According to You can have eternal life given to you as a free gift. And then you can worry about a fishing trip. But until then, you don't have the foundation of Jesus Christ. You don't have eternal life. And God wants you to. He wants to give you a gift tonight. A gift of eternal life. Let's go ahead and stand. I know this was a little rough message tonight. I find myself in the same place. Knowing I waste too much time some days. Knowing some of the things that I do and some of the things, they just are distractions and they pull me away as opposed to keeping me close to them. And so maybe that's you tonight. If you're lost in here, we're going to ask you to come and and just let me know. Get my attention. We'll get a Bible out. We'll show you from the Word of God how you can know your sins are forgiven forever. You're saved in here tonight. Some have come already. dealing with you, feel free to come. Father, we thank you for this time. I thank you that you're merciful God and you help us to see, Father, just in a word spoken, you help us to see where we're failing and where we can get closer to our Savior. I thank you so much for your goodness and your mercies and your compassions upon us. And I pray, Father, you would work in hearts tonight. I thank you for all that you do in Jesus' name. Amen.